Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Our first guest who I'm going to be chatting to in a moment is just such an extraordinary human being. I mean, when we talk about finding one's power, uh, I mean, this is what he does and he takes it to the absolute extreme. And I'm talking about Oscar Chalupski, who's a world champion sportsman and uh, he has won race after race after race, which we're going to be talking about. And he's also a cancer warrior that, um, yeah, and uh, applying the same mindset that he does to all his races and um, the way he's, wow, competed all over the, the world and from a very young age, I might add. And just we're going to be asking Oscar the kind of mindset um, that he has been adopting in facing his very rare and very aggressive cancer. So I do believe we have Oscar on the line. Um, he has joined us. Oscar, are you there? I'm here and I'm listening to your very, very good introduction, Nikki. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Oh, Oscar, welcome. It's, it's so wonderful to have you on the show. I can't tell you um, how much I've been enjoying your book. Um, so Oscar has just co-written a book called No Retreat, No Surrender, the inspiring story of a world champion sportsman and cancer warrior. And all I can say, Oscar, is wow. I mean, you started off at a young age and it's been full steam ahead ever since what an extraordinary powerful mindset you have and i'm so happy to have you on the show today to share it you know your story with with all of our listeners so oscar no, I, been, I, yeah sorry carry on you were saying you know i'm just saying it it, it is it's, it's been a long time and that's why it's also taken me such a long time to write the book because it, it was something like was also strange that everybody wanted me in the the sporting the sports hall of fame last word i said oh you can't be in the Sports Hall of Fame until you uh, retire. And I never retired. I still haven't retired. Amazing. Absolutely amazing, Oscar. And and that it's t- – was so well, I suppose this is the question. So everyone's been pushing you to write this book because there are so many extraordinary sh- stories that you share and insights. And the, the cancer part of – you know, the cancer journey, which we, we'll talk about, which happened from 2019, was that really the catalyst that got you to – eventually sit down and write your book, Oscar? Yes, that, exactly. And, and, and it's an extraordinary story because what happened on the 25th of November, 2019, I got the news. We've got six months to live and, 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 it, and it is shattering, you know. So yeah. I was sitting next to my wife in my Portuguese home and, and it was her birthday the next day. She turned 60 and I'd organized a surprise party to a fancy place called Six Census Jura Valley. And she just burst into tears and went crazy. And no, you're not going to do this. I'm not. This is impossible. Um, uh, this is terrible news. And I said, Hey, I've done plenty in my life. Doesn't matter. And six months is better than getting run over by a bus. But you've got no time. We've got six months, and I'm feeling fairly strong. I can't understand why they give me such a short uh, time to live. And and I think that's the, that's what start, sparked it off. The next day, I walked into my factory, and and my friend Graham Spence, who co-wrote it with me. And I phoned him. I said, hey, Graham, you won't believe I've got uh, cancer. I think it's time to write the book. And he said, oh, okay. And I, said, I said, it's no big deal. And he said, no, I'm on, on, I'm on, a, I'm on a, a deadline to finish a book and it's going to take me two months. I said, that's no problem. I'm, I'm in no rush. This is not going to kill me. And that's the kind of attitude you have to have. And, and that's how it all started. And the funny well, thing about this yes. is that Graham Sprints I've known for 50 years. Wow. And, and of course, I, I'd like to just mention that Graham Spence, I mean, he's, he's co-written with a number of people. And in fact, I, I, I don't have the details here in front of me, but I know that he co-wrote, uh, well, I've gone absolutely blank and maybe you Elephant can help me. 
And that's it. That's it. The elephant, elephant whisperer. whisperer. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. You um, see, the funny uh, thing is a lot of people say, oh, you must write it and you know. I said, listen, I'm a paddler, a sportsman, a family man. I'm not a writer. Graham is the professional and I like to have professional people doing anything I do. And that's another lesson in life that I try and tell you is that if you're not the best at it, get somebody else that's the best at it and we let them help you. Yes, I have to say, Oscar, I mean, I read lots of people who've done incredible things and they write books and, and it's their word and it's their voice. Um, but I do hear you because, because Graham is an extraordinary writer and it just makes these stories and the way you express your ideas and your insights that, you know, would I say juicy, riveting, just really, really well, well put together. Um, so I, I think Graham, what a, what a great combination. Graham's um, writing ability and your extraordinary stories and lessons that you've learned. So, Oscar, we're going to get to the cans, but let's let's go back because wow, I mean, born in Derbs, um, and you know, born to a dad who was and a, and and you know, your grandfather building these boats and extraordinary craftsmen, and also your father very good on the sea with his with his and it's called surf skiing and and it took me a while to find out like what is what is surf skiing so let take us back to you being this this young boy in Derbs with this father and grandfather and growing up in the sea and starting surf skiing maybe we can start there yeah so what so I mean I started at such a young age Uh, my father was was a paddler and, and my grandfather wanted to me to paddle but Again, and I think that's also a good lesson to learn is that you don't have to push your kids into the same ways that you were. You, I was playing cricket and tennis and I was the top water polo player. Then I got into life saving and then I only really, I loved paddling, but I never took it to a big, uh, to a high level until I was at 14, 15. And then I was big. So I managed to win everything that I, that I touched. And then I, I just had this passion and it all started from my father give me an incentive when I was when I was only uh, 12 years old. He said, listen, if you win the Nipper Ironman, the South African Nipper Ironman in South, in South Africa, which is the miniature Ironman, which is swimming, running, and in those days, uh, surfer playing at board, you know, so it's, so it's an Ironman, but not not with a surf ski. If you win that, I'll buy you a racing bike. And, and that's how it all started. And, and my father being Oscar, oh, there we go. You disappeared for a moment. You're back. You're back. Oh, sorry, sorry. So when when my father told me, listen, uh, I'm going to swimming at 10 to 6. If you weren't in that car at 10 to 6, he left. He never, he he didn't didn't get upset or just left. So what happened was you really, you really got to learn. You you only missed the, the, the bus once and you never did. And from that day, it's instilled this passion to win because I, I was bigger than everybody. I was winning easily. I was beaten by some guys that were smaller than me. And then I realized I had to actually put a lot more effort into the, into paddling and racing. And, uh, and, and that's what changed my life. And it's funny that at such a young age, I became obsessed, obsessed of, of, of to win all the time. It's funny. And I still am trying to do that at age 49, 59. I'm sorry. Yeah, and it's so it's so incredible, Oscar. Because like I, I, I mean, I look at and in the book, I, you know, you as you say, you talk about your mom and you talk about your dad, your grandparents, how you were brought up, and your your siblings. But it, what a mindset, as you say, for you to put your head down. You realize that if you had a goal, if you wanted something, you could achieve it. You would just have to work very, very hard, and you prove that 
time and time and time again. So I, I, I'd love to know. I mean, were you, were you, clearly you were always like this. Oh, were your siblings the same? I mean, was there, was your mother feeding you something? I mean, what was in the porridge? What, what is it that gave you this, <laughs> she, you know, this spirit, this, this incredible internal power? Sorry, Nikki, I lost you there. Are you back? I'm back, Oscar. We lost you a bit as well. Did you, did you hear sorry, my question? Sorry, I lost you there. Yeah. Yes, I did. I did. I, you know, it's, it's, it's a funny thing. My mother was, was the kindest woman in, in the world. <sighs> and she, she died when I was 18. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and maybe she sort of, uh, instilled, maybe she was, <laughs> Sorry. No. No, it's 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 all your emotions coming up Oscar with everything that you're going through and talking about your beautiful mom. Thank you for thank you for sharing it with us. Yeah, so maybe she did, but my father was it wasn't a taskmaster. He just gave us the he gave everything to us to make sure that that we had whatever we needed because we weren't a wealthy family. But mm-hmm. if I wanted to play cricket, I had the best cricket back. One of the so he was like that. And, and I think so it installed this will to win. And my brother, brothers were also very, very good. I mean, Herman is also a very powerful paddler and he pushed me to nth degree to get good because he was always my closest rival, you know. So, so I think between the whole family values was to do things properly, like a German. If you're going to do it, do it properly. And that's something mm-hmm. that was installed in me from the beginning. That passion to win. I mean, at anything, understand tiddlywinks, snooker, you name it. <laughs> I would go and practice it to, to do, to do better. And I always just to just practice a little bit more than somebody else so that I could really make sure that I was at the top of my game all the time. And, and again, I'd, and I, and I think balance was also good because I mean, I would have a lot of fun. And, and then when I knew I was coming to race the Molokai, I say, and, and, I would train like crazy. I'd lose 20 kilograms before the race. And then I would, I would win most of the time, you know, and again, you don't win all the time, but you win most of the time. Mm, just wow. Wow. Oscar, we're going to, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to carry on and talking about your story and things that you've achieved and things that you've done. It's so great having you on the show. Please stay with us. Pleasure, Nikki. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back to the DL Link Show on 101.9 High FM. I have Oscar Chalupski um, on the show today. We're talking about his book, No Retreat, No Surrender, the inspiring story of a world champion sportsman and cancer warrior. Um, I mean, there's a long list of accomplishments. Uh, Oscar has um, won 12 times the World Molokai Surfski Championship. He's a 10-time winner of the Texan Challenge. He's considered the world's toughest kayak race. Um, he's a triple winner of the Big White Water Umkamas River Marathon, Spain's famous stellar descent, as well as a multiple surf Ironman champion. Um, and he lives between Portugal and South Africa. He's done phenomenally well. It's just really achievement after achievement. And uh, Oscar's written this book. So, Oscar, there's a your book starts really with um, you describing you um, taking part in a race 
in Perth in 2019. And uh, you've had a little bit of pain, but this you, you get hit by this extreme pain in your back. And it was so severe that you thought, no, 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 I, I can't race. But then, of course, you, we were just talking about this competitive nature, this incredible will to win. And that sort of took over. That was the instinct. It took over and you took part in the race. But you were overcome by incredible pain after that, flying back to Portugal, not being able to sleep until eventually you had the MRI and it showed up that you had uh, you were diagnosed with with cancer and it was secondary so they had to find the primary cancer um and oscar just that's that's how the book starts and there's one one paragraph which i'd like to read and i'd really like to talk about this because this is what i find so interesting it's this you said that you know, you, you were used to beating your body up. You said weekend athletes call it hitting the wall, but it's far more profound than that. It's the secret of extreme sports. I discovered as a teenager that we all have a mother load of innate mental and physical steel. But to find that secret source, we have to burrow into the darkest depths of our inner selves. It's something few people wish to do as it demands peaks of pain and exhaustion, infinitely more intense than mere fatigue. The human body and mind can perform at far higher levels than most people believe. Once someone grasps that, they could do anything if they're willing to pay the price. And so, Oscar, um, you know, you're talking about that and you're talking about pushing through pain, but you knew there was something in you that even through pushing through the pain, that there was something wrong. How, how does one as, as you know, an extreme sportsman, when you, when you have this incredible pain, how, how does one do that? I mean, where, where do you put that, that part of you that's saying, you know, this is too painful. I have to stop right now, or this is getting dangerous. Are, are you able to, to, to determine what, what's pushing through the pain and what's, could be dangerous. Yeah, I think I think that's that's the fine line. I mean, you, and and I've and I've pushed that line all the time. I've been always on the limit, and I think I'm one of the few people that can actually go to that limit and and beyond. You know, so that's why yeah. I was in pain. Uh, multiple myeloma actually comes comes. It's called smoldering multiple myeloma, bone marrow cancer. And so I probably had this cancer for two years, and sure. because I'm used to so, so much pain, it didn't really worry me. It's just another pain. So. I just kept pushing through it and pushing through it. But this was something, suddenly when you can't sleep, that was a problem. I used to sleep standing up. I could only get like five minutes of sleep and then wake up. And then I, no painkillers, nothing helped. So sure. with that tumor, was now we realized the tumor was pushing onto my spinal cord and it eaten away at my spine. So my spine was weak. And I was still doing all these activities. And the doctor said if I'd made a wrong move, I could have been paralyzed from where the tumor was down, down my whole body. So I would have been paralyzed. So... I was lucky. So I was lucky and, and, and I knew this pain was just too much for me. And that's why when I had that MRI and they, and they said, okay, now we can see there's something wrong. And, and funny enough, I'm in the Nello factory as we speak here. And my, my, my partner Nello himself said, Hey, now he gave me the news. Oh, no, this is very bad. It's a primary. This is the secondary cancer. We've got to find the primary cancer. Mm-hmm. Then I, and then, and funny, I spoke to my friend in America. Uh, Eric Borgness, who said, I said, oh, so I'm going to South Africa in two or three weeks' time. I'm going to have the test there. He said, no, I'd go there much sooner. So I had to go much sooner to go to South Africa to 
And and he says the reason why he wanted to be in South Africa is when you're fighting cancer, there's a very important part of it. The fight is to have the support. And I have mm-hmm. a lot of my family in South Africa, so that's the reason why I came to South Africa. And obviously the medical is very good in South Africa and Dr. Mark Toy and, and all the people. And I was within one hour of having a, a, a back operation to take a sliver of the, because they couldn't take it out. The, the tumor is too much involved in my, in my uh, spine. They couldn't take it all out, they, but they wanted to take a sliver to find out what the, what the root cause of this cancer was. And Greg, Dr. Greg Simons from the Curtis uh, Hospital said, no, 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 I think I've got it. I think you've got bone marrow cancer. And still, even then, can you imagine this? I've got told I've got bone marrow cancer. And I asked the doctor, so when can I start paddling? is next week, the following week, and he's, he couldn't believe that. He says, no, this is going to take a while, and it took a long time. It takes six or seven months to go through the process. And again, I, I fought the chemo just like a race. I mean, I'd have chemo, I'd fast before my chemo, and then I would come home and have a glass of wine and cheese and things are completely opposite because most people say you're supposed to be nausea. I never took any nausea pills. I'd fast before my before my chemo, and then have a lovely time, and I wouldn't, and I wouldn't, even if it did affect me a little bit. In fact, the, the thing that affected me the most was my radiation. I had radiation through my chest, which burnt my yeah. esophagus, and yeah. that's the first time I couldn't taste my beer and I couldn't taste my wine. I was in serious pain. But once they stopped the the radiation and my and my they burnt my esophagus, once that was gone, then I was fine. You know, so that's the same attitude. In fact, I'm actually going through chemo as we speak tomorrow. I go for my injection. My chemo injection. I'm on. I'm on on pills, and I, I, I'm on uh, sort of a maintenance plan. So I have chemo every uh, three months, and I'm having it there. And then I'm driving to. You mentioned the Cella descent in Spain. I'm driving up to Spain, which is about five hour drive, and I'm, I'm the guest of honor, honor. And obviously, that's a race that my father won, and myself and my brother Herman won. My father won in 1969, and we won in 1986. And it's a huge race of 2,000 people and about a million spectators along the bank. Wow. So I'm going there tomorrow after chemo. <laughs> so I don't let it, I don't let it, I don't let it run me down. And I have chemo, and then straight after chemo, I normally go and paddle as well. Just amazing. I mean, this, I mean, the, the words coming out, out of your mouth, you're talking about all these things you're going to be doing. And in 2019, you were told you had six months to live. It's just extraordinary. Um, honestly, Oscar, I, I have to ask you, cause I'm sure people are wondering, why do you fast before chemo? Well, what happens is, is I'm always, I only normally eat once a day because it's much better for you. And then when you fast before chemo, your, you, what happens is that you actually get your body, uh, absorbs the chemo much better. And, and, and the chemo works better and then you don't get nausea. So, and funny, and, and I've been doing that from the start and now I'm reading a lot of medical terms, uh, terminologies out there that say that this is the, the future of, of, uh, how to handle chemos to do fasting. And I've done it in 2009 because I always used to fast. I, I always fast and I have one meal a day. I, I'm one of those kind of people and I fast two or three days. Uh, so I've always been doing it, and now there's a lot of medical evidence coming out that it helps a lot if you fast. So I just do it so that I can just feel normal, which I do, and then and then I carry on with life. Mm-hmm. 
Oscar, I just want to also, we're not going to go into detail because unfortunately we don't have time, but I mean, in this, in your book, you, you talk about having the, the therapy that you had. And really, I would say during the darkest times, I mean, we heard harrowing stories of people having to go to hospital during COVID and being isolated, not being able to be with their loved ones. And this was your experience in, 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 in during your cancer treatment, being very isolated. Um, you know, you're a physical person, you out there, you're in the water and here you are confined that in itself must have been tremendously tremendously challenging oscar but throughout the book with within each chapter after each chapter you write down lessons learned and i love that i love how we're able to go through the challenge with each story in each chapter and the lesson is there so the the, the last question that i really want to ask you is that how you live your life do you are you constantly extracting lessons from each situation from each challenge you you go through yeah it's and I always do it. I mean, like, like when I'm paddling, I, I, I normally take my GoPro with me or my Garmin uh, video camera. And I'm always like teaching. I go there and paddle and think, oh, today this, I'm going to teach people how to catch this wave. Or I'm going to say, hey, you won't believe this lesson I learned while I was paddling. And I do it all the time, you know. So I, I'm constantly trying to teach people and help people. And that's the reason, main reason I'm, I wrote this book is that I wanted people to 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 try and make them get through their tough times in life, and and that's why the book and and I think as you say, and again, uh, hopefully it reflects that is that trying to make it easier for other people to learn from the mistakes I've made and to learn from the the good parts that I've also done, you know, and 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 that's the whole reason for the book. Because I mean, I'm just another sportsman, but when you got cancer, and then I and I, was, I was fortunate enough to get two cancers, so I've got skin cancer, and, and I arrive on the fifteenth, arrive on the thirteenth of August in South Africa, and on the fifteenth. I go under the knife to take up some uh, squamish carcinoma, which is a cancer in my head, which has come back for the fifth time. So this is my fifth operation. And uh, you just got to take it on the head and say, okay, well, this is what's going to happen. And I'm training for it. I'm trying to prepare for it so that when I have it, it doesn't affect me much. And that's what I do in life to help other Mm. people to show them that can be done. And I'm a normal person. I'm not anything special, I don't think. Mm, and I love that because that definitely comes through in the book. I said that was the last question, but this is definitely the last question. <laughs> no so, problem. So, so for people who are going through struggles, who the, the journey is tough and it's hard um, on so many levels um, because you talk about this mental strength and physical strength. And, of course, there's the spiritual and the emotional. I mean, you know, you spoke about your mom earlier and that came up for you. What 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 would you say to people who are listening to you right now, who are going through the hard times just as as you are as, as we all are um do you do you you know is it self-talk every single day is it um, looking ahead is it moment by moment little chunks what what can you say to those people who are listening i think you've, you've always got to look at the bright side and always surround yourself with positive people and now in this modern day and age and i keep on telling you there's so many motivational and there's so many motivational YouTube videos. Keep listening to people that are positive and it will definitely rub off. It's like anything. Yeah. You can train yourself to do anything. You can train yourself to a Nobody is born a brain surgeon. Nobody's born a salesman. Nobody's bo- born uh, a DJ. You train yourself and you make yourself. And it's up to you what you make of yourself. You know, it, it, it's, Everything's in your hands and, and people don't mm-hmm. realize this. And keep away from worrying about things if you cannot do anything about it don't worry about it worrying worrying to me means it's the one word i don't like anybody say 
it's like anything. If you go into a toilet, if you worry, go into a toilet and worry as hard as you like and see if you change anything in life. If there's something worrying you, do it now. And I'm telling you, do it now. If you, if you, you need uh, money or you need, need something, do it now. Don't put it off. So don't ever worry. Mm, thank you, Oscar. Listen, thank you so much for your time. Um, thank you for this beautiful book. It's just incredible. I really highly recommend this. No retreat, no surrender. Wonderful, incredible stories, beautifully written um, with these um, these nuggets, these lessons um, at the end of each chapter. Wishing you, Oscar, only the very best health. Um, and on, I don't even have to say onwards and upwards because we're just <laughs> going to be continuing watching you do extraordinary things. And um, just thank you for joining us. It's been really lovely having you on the show. Yeah, thank you, Nikki. I really appreciate it. And, and uh, any time if you... If you want me to come on any time, I'll be there for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Oscar. And do take care. God bless. Oscar, Oscar Chalupski, who co-wrote this book with Graham Stens, No Retreat, No Surrender, the inspiring story of a world champion sportsman and cancer warrior. If you're looking for a book that's filled with incredible stories, insights, stories, lessons, um, and you're looking for that hope and you're looking for all of that, I, I suggest you look at this book because it, it's it's really incredible. This is a man, when he was a teenager, in one day, he became the champion of um, the uh, of, of, a, of an Ironman to, as a junior and a senior champ. We didn't, we, we covered hardly anything. I mean, this book is packed, packed, packed full. And what's really interesting is that Oscar spoke about his treatment and he spoke about his radiotherapy and he spoke about the impact that it had on his esophagus.